inflows into equity mutual fund schemes almost got completely wiped out in june while redemption pressure also intensified june equity mutual fund inflows plunged to 51 month low to rupees 240 crore which is 96% fall from may or lowest since march 2016 inflows through sip also slipped below rupees 8000 crore for first time since november 2018 sip contribution has been steadily falling in equities to understand how worrisome are these trends i am joined by himanshu srivastava associate director at morning star hi himanshu welcome to the show hi nasreen there has been a steady decline in the sip inflow and that was also seen in the latest amfi numbers in june uh, do you think this is a worry some so i think what we have to check is how these sip numbers have come down you know since the spread of covid uh, coronavirus pandemic in india you know uh, we have seen the disposable income at a regular household coming down either through because of the job losses or because of salary cuts or because of no increment now in such a scenario i think any individual what uh, they want to do is to have uh, things or have flows restricted uh, or where they are putting their money into uh, those investors whose sip cycle would have got over wouldn't have actually renewed it largely because they want the disposable income more in their hand and decide later as to where they should be putting their money into so i think this is one of the reasons why the sip numbers what we see in the recent times has come down uh it's really difficult for a household where there has been a salary cut or job losses to have a you know defined contribution in terms of you know flows into the market so at that point of time what they would try to do is to have more money in hand and decide later if they have more disposable income to be invested in the equity market then or for rather lump sum rule rather than sip which every month they will see some money going and getting invested into the sip the idea is to have more money in hand rather than you know uh, something which is going uh, out of the hand at this point in time and i think this is where the sip numbers are low uh, as we can see okay so you're basically saying it's about a phenomenon where a household is probably trying to have more cash uh, at their disposable because probably income is getting lower but you know i would have uh, agreed to that uh, argument uh, because uh, but you know other numbers uh, which is about the retail uh, numbers uh, your Uh, the retail investors coming to stock markets they have increased a lot so there is lot of uh, you know uh, questions raised uh, that are retail investors getting more savvy and are they trying to uh, you know put money into stock markets directly without going through the mutual fund route 
Uh, I would rather doubt that. You know, there is a there are different set of investors. There is a set of investors who prefer mutual fund route because they don't have a proper kind of advice. Then there will be investors who have a uh, uh, proper kind of advice in terms of investing into directly into stock market, and they are doing that. Uh, obviously, uh, in the recent times, what we have seen, there has been increase in direct particip participation of retail investors into equity markets. In the re uh, uh, what we have seen over the last couple of uh, months. Uh, there's nothing wrong in that as long as these new set of investors know what they are entering into. So I doubt that most of these investors may not, may would have understood like uh, investing in downturn is beneficial uh, over the long term, but they don't really have uh, understood the, you know, the intricacies of the same, you know, just because the markets are down doesn't mean that uh, every opportunity is a good investment opportunity. Uh, you still have to look at a lot of factors. You have to look at proper due diligence, evaluate what uh, you are investing in, whether it matches your risk appetite or not, whether it's in line with your asset allocation. And most importantly, investments in equities have to be long-term in nature rather than short-term as the case in such scenarios being. Uh, you know, and, and in a market where there are still plenty of moving factors and uncertainty, uh, such investors may find it difficult to sustain if the events don't uh, play out as per their expectation. So while there could be a growing number of retail investors preferring direct mode of investing in equity markets, it's important that they have their fundamentals in place and have a good understanding of market dynamics so that they don't find themselves wrong-footed. So there's a set of investors who prefer mutual fund investing. But, you know, when we compare that with SIP, I, can, I, I will again go back to what I've said earlier. You know, SIP is, mm -hmm. becomes kind of a defined contribution. Whereas uh, right. when you are investing directly in market, you can decide when to invest and when not to invest. The control is in your hand. So I think it's, it's also because of the controlling aspect of your flows is also one of the factors where we are seeing SIP coming down. And maybe on the retail side, investors are, are getting, if they are getting good advice, they may think that, okay, let the money be in my hand and let me decide when to invest and when not to invest. Right. Okay, I point taken, you are saying that there are two different set of retail investors, may not be the same person who is kind of indirectly, uh, you know, reallocating its money, their money from the SIP to the direct markets. Probably that is the thing we don't know till we get more numbers on, and more clarity. Right. But... Uh, uh, you know, there is a phenomenon which we have seen uh, with uh, with stock markets is uh, whenever the stock markets are rising, uh, mutual fund, uh, I mean, retail uh, participation is not that much. But when they come almost at the last leg of the uh, rally because of something called a FOMO uh, syndrome, like feeling of missing out. And in March numbers, we saw that March uh, in March markets were down, but equity mutual fund inflow was highest, right? right. And the DDR numbers was also very, very good. Right. Now, uh, stock markets are not so much performing. Also, uh, the uh, you know equity mutual fund schemes have seen a fall, I mean, not fall, but the number has tapered down to 51 month low, if I can uh, you know correctly say that. Right. Do you see that uh, you know that there could be more decline in the equity uh, mutual fund schemes inflow? You know, um, I think the scenario is very different what, uh, uh, compared to March and what we are seeing now. Uh, March, mm -hmm. uh, the COVID cases were rising, but it was not kind of a become a you know concerning factor in India. Uh, it's only after the lockdown and what we have seen in April is when uh, people actually uh, started uh, understanding what uh, kind of a scenario is this and what kind of an impact it can have on the market as well as on the uh, on the broader economy. Now, what we are seeing now, you know, after there have been a slump in the market and then again, there have been a rally in the market in the month of June. 
So there have been a lot of inflows, not only in March, but as well as in April. And I, I think in May as well. Uh, April, maybe the number is pretty lower, but maybe did see significant amount of flows coming into the uh, equity markets. Uh, now, uh, if you look at it, you know, in the month of June, given there has been a rally, one of the reasons why we see a lower number in the recent month uh, in terms of equity flows or net flows is largely because this also provided them a good profit booking opportunity. Those investors who have actually invested in the market when the markets were lower have maybe uh, they, they would have found more uh, a better opportunity to, you know, redeem their investment and hold. A money, a part of money in cash, given what the scenario that we are we are focusing or we are facing, you know, uh, the the scenario is not at all sort of conducive if you see from fundamentals as well as on the economic side, and there's fair bit of uncertainty where the markets will trade going ahead. In this kind of a scenario, I think if uh, an investor is making profit and, um, you know, uh, it uh, they will find it better to, you know, redeem that profit and have it in their uh, in their, at their disposal rather than staying invested and face that uncertainty. So I think that is one of the reasons why the flows uh, have sort of come down. Largely, we have seen uh, net outflows from large-cap, multi-cap category uh, uh, in the recent months. However, these two categories have seen significant amount of net inflows you know, in the previous months. So I think that the current trend is largely driven by profit booking rather than anything else. Going ahead, uh, I think uh, it will be too premature to predict anything at this point in time. Uh, the market levels are still, you know, uh, attractive, uh, as I have to say. Uh, I think there can be more flows coming in rather than outflows. Moving on to the foreign institutional, uh, you know, money that comes into the markets. Uh, foreigners have been very steady and very cautious about putting money into India. But after the Fed's bond buying schemes restarting, uh, they have started coming back to India. Yeah. In June, we saw a lot of money uh, coming through the FII route. Right. Uh, what is your, uh, you know, what is your takeaway from the FII activities? So in the month of June, uh, we can also the FII money uh, or the flow was good. Uh, one thing that also attributed to that is I think there was a reliance, uh, you know, uh, right issue, and then uh, uh, then uh, the selling of Kotak Mahindra bank issues, uh, which was there in the market. And I think these two factors actually uh, drew a lot of attention from FIIs uh, in the month of June. Uh, broadly, if you see, they have there have been a cautious approach. Uh, June was a month uh, when they did come into the into the market, but if you look at the July number, they are not very conducive at this point in time. They still uh, they are net sellers in the in the market in July, so the numbers are actually coming down now. With FIs, the issue is they, they will look at India from a perspective uh, how it compares vis-a-vis -vis other emerging markets. You know, they they would like to see more returns coming from India market if they want to invest here. If uh, on a comparable basis they are finding some better investment opportunities outside, they will move there. And again, there is a fair bit of uncertainty with regards to economic growth in India. The COVID cases are rising. So that is, again, a kind of risk. Uh, lockdown uh, is uh, getting uh, over in India. You know, there have been a relaxation there as well. But at the same time, how that will contribute or relate to the economic growth, economic activity in the country, uh, there is not much, you know, uh, foresight on that front as well. So I think for India, they will continue to adopt a cautious approach and event-related buying and selling is something that we can see from FIs going ahead. Uh, uh, I don't think there we can we will still be able to see a kind of you know 
significant amount of net outflows or net inflows. I think they will adopt a measured approach. Uh, India does offer a good investment opportunity over the long term, and that is what uh, you know. Where also we can, we have seen uh, money coming in uh, in in the month of June. But then uh, you know uh, the the rise in the markets, uh, the surge in the markets over the last couple of months, uh, especially from June, uh, it also provided profit making opportunity for FIs as well. And there there is a portion of that money which is short term in nature, which will move in and move out at quick intervals. So that is where in the month of July we have seen some outflows happening on a net basis okay uh, you know uh, himanshu before i let you go i want to squeeze in a non equity question about the uh, debt funds uh, the credit risk funds which were uh, a lot i mean there was a lot of hue and cry uh, about the credit risk funds especially after the franklin templeton issue yeah. uh, but uh, in the june numbers numbers were quite uh, not that bad yeah. uh, what do you think uh, you think there's a lot of confidence coming back in that those kind of schemes I think rather than confidence, I think we have seen a lot of uh, money which is sort of uh, maybe based on some wrong expectation with the credit funds and where the risk has not been appreciated to the right extent has actually moved out. Uh, do those investors who know what the credit funds are and uh, what kind of behavior pa- behavioral pattern one can expect from these funds, uh, those investors who understand that are continue to stick uh, to the credit risk category. Uh, you know, it's very important to appreciate the risk uh, in credit category uh, given the bond market. So in the bond market, the idea is uh, that these are typically less risk, uh, you know, investment avenues. But within bond market, there are various segments. So credit risk is one of the categories which offers the highest risk in terms of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in terms of credit defaults, something that we have mm-hmm. seen in the market. It has not been a conducive market for credit risk kind of uh, strategies. And a uh, lot of investors who would have seen a lot of uh, returns from these uh, categories, say in 2017-2018, may not really have appreciated the risk that is uh, inherent to these investments. So I think uh, with this, uh, with the jerk or with the with the with the with the uh, negative impact that they would have seen in their portfolios in the recent time, in the recent times, uh, they would have actually moved out of these uh, investments. And now the investments are with those investors who really appreciate the risks which are there and would like to continue their investment over the long term so that uh, uh, they make the the they make a maximum out of these investments so credit is not a one of those categories where you should be investing for a long term for a short term it's a long term category wherein it also has market cycles and over the years you get uh, you get good returns so but the risk is very important to appreciate in this uh, category because the risks are really high and something that we have seen in the recent markets thanks sir uh- a lot Timanshu for that insightful conversation a lot of insight that you have given us on the mutual fund markets uh, and thanks for joining us thanks Nasreen thanks for inviting thank you for feedback you can write to me at nasreen.s at lifemint.com or you can reach out to me on twitter at Nasreen story you can also reach out to us at htsmartcast We are present on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And to listen to more podcasts like this, you need to log on to www.htsmartcast.com. Hi, I'm HT Smartcast, and I hope you're safe and well. The next episode is about to begin. But just a small message of solidarity before that. In difficult times like these, living in isolation isn't going to be easy. But what if 
working from home, our own comfort zones helps us discover new ways of being. What if this calm, this rest, it helps us listen to ourselves and the people around us more deeply? While that happens, you can find me at htsmartcast.com. Connecting you to the world of comedy, culture, motivation, news. You know, just in case you need some smart company. Thanks for listening. Take care. This was a Live Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.